seek him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. Presenting Marius Goring, star of the motion picture Red Shoes, as Baroness Orpsey's immortal character, the Scarlet Pimpernel. Adventures are the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. Père Michel. I remembered him well. A shrewd, stubborn, likable man. A product of the slums, who had risen by his own ability to become one of the wealthy merchants of Paris. With the revolution, others had fled, but Michel had stayed on, confident that because he was of the people, he would suffer no harm by the people. And now here were Tony Dewhurst and I, in our roles as idle young men about town, seated in a London drawing room with his widowed cousin, Madame Marie Jacquet, and her son, Emile. You must wonder, Sir Percy, what is my reason for having asked you and Lord Dewhurst here today? Uh, not at all, ma'am. The opportunity to exchange the latest gossip with a charming woman is its own justification, eh, Tony? Oh. <laughs> Lord, yes, absolutely. Matter of fact, we've been hearing strange stories lately about Lady Diana Marshwood and a certain young grower. Well, <laughs> it is scandalous. Of course, we can't swear how true they are, but people are saying... Monsieur, for once it is not gossip that I wish to discuss. No? Ah, you disappoint us, ma'am. Unless, of course... You would so classify the arrest and escape of my cousin, Fernand Michel. Arrest? Fernand Michel? Well, what do you mean, madame? You knew Fernand, I believe. Of course. Uh, when France was still a civilized country in the days before the revolution, he entertained us several times and lavishly, too, I guess. <laughs> well, I remember one dinner party with... No matter who you were there, madame? It is because you know him that I thought you may be interested to know what has happened to him. Oh, most interested, I assure and you. And because... Well... Because I hoped perhaps you may be able to give me some advice. Well, you may rely on us to do anything in our part. Thank you, Lord Durell. Uh, what's all this about his being arrested? I can't believe it. It's too ridiculous. It is true, unfortunately. He was never interested in politics. Oh, he was always careful to keep away from such And uh, he was not, if you'll forgive me, of the aristocracy. Oh, hardly. <laughs> then why did they arrest him? Yeah. What was the charge? Treason against the state. Oh, but... <laughs> Second, your pardon, ma'am. That's absurd. There must have been something more behind it. I'm sure there was. Oh, perhaps it was just an excuse to seize his money. I'm told the mere fact of being rich is almost a crime in France. No, it could not have been that. Why not? Because in France he has no money left. At least very little. 
only an offer is immediate need. Oh, you mean it had already been confiscated? No, no. You see, Fernand foresaw the revolution, and before it happened, he transferred most of his assets to England. Oh, but you did it. Fernand was always clever. Always one pace ahead of the other people. That was the reason for his success. And this money is still here intact? Yes. I am the trustee for it. I hold it first for Fernand himself, and in the event of his death, for my son, Emile, here. But I don't want Uncle Fernand's money. No, nonsense, Emile. He has no children of his own. You are his closest male relative. It is fitting he should make you his heir. I don't want it, I tell you. I want to make my own way in the world. And of course you shall, my dear. But it is a comfort to know that one day, in the fullness of time, when your uncle dies... It is no comfort to me. I think all principle of inheritance is wrong. Why should an accident of birth entitle me to a fortune which it has taken someone else a whole lifetime to amass? Oh, Danny, someone has got to get it to the letter. But I think it should go to the state. <laughs> Listen to the fellow. He'd have it all forfeit. Why should anyone be entitled to money he hasn't earned? Oh, forfeit, you say, Tabby. He'd have us starving to death. All right, you can laugh if you like. But I still think... That will do, Emmy. You must. Pardon him, monsieur. The young sometimes have strange ideas. Oh, there's nothing strange about just... I said that will do. I am very annoyed with you, Emil. Please be silent. No. Now, to return to Fernand. Uh, you were telling us of his arrest. Yes, it is my belief he was denounced. Denounced? By an enemy for reasons of personal spite. Hmm, it's possible, I dare say. Oh, it is happening all the time now in France. So many innocent people going to prison or to their death. If only Fernand had listened to me. When the revolution first began and I decided to bring Emil to England, I begged him, pleaded with him to come too. But you know the sort of man he is. That's stubborn. Huh? And when I tried to point out to him the danger, he would laugh. Always since I have come to England, I have been afraid for him. And now it has happened. And all is lost, alas. But you say he's escaped. Yes. And he waits from prison for his trial, so I am told. And he's still free. To the best of my knowledge, yes. Uh, perhaps all is not lost yet, ma'am. <laughs> perhaps he's on his way to England now. You do not know France as it is today, monsieur. He is a marked man. They'll hunt him down. You've no idea where he's in hiding or what his plans are? None, monsieur. If I did know these things, perhaps there would be some way I could assist him. But as it is, there is only one man who can find him and bring him to safety. And that man I cannot reach. Oh, who's he? The Scarlet Pimpernel. Later that evening, alone in my chambers, Tony and I talked the whole thing over. I thought she should have mentioned the Pimpernel. I think she gets it. Well, I'm sure she does. Then that's why she really asked us today to enlist our aid. <laughs> of course. Shouldn't we do something about it? I mean, if we could help Michelle in any well, way. We first have to find him. That mightn't be easy. Don't imagine any of it would be easy. Well, then we had to persuade him to come to England, and then we had to get him to the coast and across the channel. What's the matter, Percy? No matter. All these difficulties you're making. Oh, trying to be practical. I've never seen you like this before. Cautious, you mean? Yes. But dang it all. Here's a man we both know who's in danger and needs our yes, help. Yes, I know all that. Normally I wouldn't hesitate for a second, but... But what? I can't help feeling there's something rather odd about the whole thing. Odd? How do you mean? I don't know. Nothing I can put my finger on at all. You soon check on the facts about the arrest and escape, I mean. Oh, I'm not doubting the truth of all that. But am I doubting Madame Jacquet's complete sincerity? Oh, then for the life of me, I can't see what... Oh, boy, Tony. Oh, perhaps that's it. Hmm. What about it? Well, I don't know. It's nothing I can really put words to. How did he appeal to you? Rather young and naive, of course. 
All that nonsense about not wanting to inherit for instance. Did you feel him sincere? Now I'm beginning to understand. He thinks he does protest too much, eh? Oh, I may be quite wrong, but even allowing for youthful idealism and so on, it does seem a strange attitude to take. Oh, granted, you may be right, but I still don't see it affects the position one way or the other. No, I suppose you're right. Foolish of me. The question simply resolves itself into this. Do we try to find Michelle and help him, or don't we? Well, naturally we do. You mean that, Bessie? Of course. Good. When do we start? Well, we better leave for Dover first thing tomorrow. Three days later, we were in Paris. Now we were committed to the task of locating Michel and bringing him to safety. There was no room left for vague doubts. And yet they persisted against all reasons. Andrew Fuchs was in Paris on another mission, and from him we were soon able to verify the basic fact. Yes, it's all quite true. They arrested him at his home early one morning about a fortnight ago. The charge was treason, we Yes. Any details? Only the vaguest, I'm afraid. Something to do with defrauding the revenue by making false taxation returns. Well, sounds like a fake charge to me. And to everyone else, too. The general theory is that someone high up, some member of the Committee of Public Safety, perhaps, had a private reason for wanting him out of the way. Uh, that's Madame Jacques' theory, also. Anyway, he was held in jail for a week while the lawyers prepared a case against him, I dare say. And then, on the morning of the trial, as he was being taken to the Palais de Justice, he escaped. Ah. His escort was attacked, and in the confusion, he was able to get away. Oh, so it wasn't just a lucky escape. I mean, I mean, it was prearranged. Oh, definitely prearranged. The escort walked right into an ambush. Any idea who was behind it? Not the vaguest. No way he's hiding now? No, afraid not. Uh, well, at least we do know he's not without friends. Friends, moreover, who are willing to risk their lives to save him. I'd give anything to know who they are. So, but the Committee of Public Safety, I've no doubt. The question is, how are we going to find out? I seem to remember Michel lived not far from Saint-Germain-des-Prés. That's so, in one of those streets running down the river. Forget its name. He was still there at the time of the rest? Yes. But in that case, our best plan, in fact, our only plan, is to spend our time in the inns, thereabouts, making what guarded inquiries we can without creating suspicion. Generally, keeping our ears and eyes open and hope for the best. a long job and a tedious one. Without doubt, many people to whom he spoke had known Michel. But such was the state of terror in Paris that they dared not admit it. After a fruitless week, both Tony and I were almost ready to give up. Oh, what's the use making it like that? Looking for a needle in a haystack. A very small needle and a very large haystack. Ah, we're wasting our time. Only a complete optimist could hope to get results. Oh, cheer up, Tony. I have a feeling. Tony. What is it? That elderly man who's just come in. Huh? What about him? Never seen him before. Oh, I don't know. I did him well. Yes, I, I believe I have some. Right? Think, think hard. I am. Try to picture him in a white wig, scarlet jacket, grey butcher's nose. Yes. Michelle has invited us to dinner. We are at the front door. He opened. Of course. Got it now? Quite clear. Michelle's footman. I'll have his name in a minute. You what? No, no, it was you something. You have. No. You know, that's it. Oh, you know. Yes. It is the same fellow, isn't it? I swear to it. So would I. But will he remember us? That's the point. We'll make it our business to see he does. And even if he should, can we persuade him to talk? We'll make that our business, too. Maybe, as you say, the complete optimist, Tony, but somehow I have an idea. We've found our needle. returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel. (laughs) 
Mario scoring as the Scarlet Pimpernel. Duclo was of peasant stock, which meant that he was a cautious man. It was two hours and three bottles of wine later before we persuaded him to return with us to headquarters. David moved out his guises, and for the first time I saw the suspicion fade from his eyes. Well, do you remember us now, Duclos? Oui, monsieur, I do. And a couple of young blades you were, to be sure. Oh, these English, the master would say, crazy, <laughs> but I like them all the same. Uh, this is a dangerous time for Englishmen to be in Paris, surely. Uh, that's why we have to go in disguise. You close. You know why we're here. No, sir. We're here to help your master. Help him? To take him back with us to England. He'll be safe there, beyond the reach of his enemies. I see what you mean, monsieur. But if we're to help him, you must first help us. Uh, by taking us to where he's in hiding. Why should you think I can do that? Your master didn't escape by chance, Duclos. He was rescued by friends. Knowing the depth of your regard for him, he believed you were one of them. As to that, I... I don't say yes and I don't say no. Now, please, Duclos. It's imperative we reach him. For his own sake, you've got to trust us. Why should I, monsieur? Friends in the old days, you know that. Times have changed, monsieur. One's friends of yesterday are often one's enemies of today. You close the right, Tony. Start asking too much of him, but I have an idea. What? Suppose I write your master a letter, Duclos. Oui? Could we be sure of it reading it? Nothing is sure in France today, sir. But it is possible. Even that I am not prepared to say. Still, write your letter, and we will see. Good. Then in favor, Tony. And another glass of wine for Duclos while I write. The following afternoon, the old man returned, and the same night the three of us left Paris. Next morning, we arrived at a farmhouse several miles outside the capital. There, waiting to greet us, in the shabby attire of a peasant, was Fernand Michel. My dear friends, it is so good to see you. So good. And to see you too, monsieur. It's been a long search. When Ducolo brought me your letter, I could hardly believe my eyes. You have come all the way from England just to help me, he said. Yes. At the risk of your own life. Oh, there's a little risk, monsieur. We are used to this sort of thing. Used to it? Oh, then I guess right. How do you mean? I have often wondered about you two. In the old days, you liked to pretend you were fools. I could never understand why. Now it is quite clear. You are of the League of the Scarlet Internet. Well, perhaps. Anyhow, the point is, monsieur, we're here to take you back with us to England. You have been sent by my cousin, Madame Jacqueline? Not exactly. But you know her and Emile. It was from them we learned of your arrest and escape. Ah, yes, my arrest. Madame Jacqueline believed you were denounced by an enemy. So it would seem. And yet, I, I thought I had no enemies. In these days, who can tell? Oh, monsieur, too. You still have no idea, then, who gave you away? None at all. Perhaps. Perhaps what? No, no, just a thought. Probably quite wrong. The sooner we begin our journey, the better. For safety's sake, we'll travel by night. Could you be ready this evening? You take it for granted, I see, that I'll come with you. But you must. It has been fatal for you to stay here. They haven't found me yet. Uh, They're bound to sooner or later. Tony's right. You can never be safe again in France. Ah, no, I suppose not. Very well. If I must go, I must. This evening, you say, monsieur, I will be ready. The escape route was functioning smoothly, and to avoid fatigue and unnecessary risk, we travelled by easy stages. 
Yet, in spite of everything, I still had that sense of uneasiness which had been with me ever since the beginning of our adventure. We were on the last stage now. It was midnight, and Dieppe lay a mere 20 miles ahead. Another couple of hours, very most free. And then? And then, monsieur, England. How long will the crossing take? Oh, if this weather holds, 12 hours. Oh, we should be there before nightfall. Well, before. Now, you have your own boat in Dieppe. Not this time. But we have a friend, a fisherman, Jean Colbert. It seems you have many friends. Your organization, if I may say so, is very complete. Yeah, it needs to be, monsieur. And then it happened. Half a dozen vague shadows loomed suddenly out of the darkness ahead. Oh, oh, the name of the it's an ambush. Keep close together. Got only chance. You hear, monsieur? First chance you get break clear and ride like a deuce for the air. We'll meet at Colbert's cottage. Let go, No, she's everywhere. If you can... Another second, they were a money, and the fight was on in earnest. With its darkness, in the apparent confusion, we worked our way steadily through the cleft till the open road lay ahead. That's you, my friend. Oh, and you. Now, Mr. Right, boy. Do as you're told. Wait here, sir. Let's all go. Right. Start. Get away. Luckily, our mounts were fresh. And the surprise of a sudden breakaway gained us a furlong or more before the pursuit began. All right, monsieur. Yes. Not wounded. Oh, I had a few blows that was all. Save your breath, you two. You'll need it. At last. Here. Town Square. We abandoned our mounts and disappeared into the labyrinth of narrow streets that led to the waterfront. Our objective, Colbert's cottage. Not far now, monsieur. Just round this corner. That's it. The white place. By the key. Go there! Go there! All that day we lay safely in Colbert's act while the search went on through the town. At dusk, Colbert was prepared a boat, and by midnight he judged it would be safe for us to leave. Meanwhile, as we waited, there were certain things to be said. That was no accidental encounter, Monsieur. They knew we were coming that way, and that's why they lay in wait for us. But how could they have known? Someone obviously warned them. But who? But I told you of our plans except our free self. And Duclos. Duclos. Oh, no, 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 I can't believe him. Oh, well. But he's been my faithful servant for years. It was he who planned my rescue. If he wanted to betray me, you could have done it a dozen times over. You're quite right, of course, monsieur. It wasn't Duclos. Then who? That's what I want to know. Who? The same person who denounced you in the first place. My unknown enemy. Your unknown enemy, monsieur. Someone who's prepared to go to any lengths to destroy you. But I tell you... Someone who stands to gain by your death. To, to gain? Tell me, monsieur, this nephew of yours, Emile Jacquet. You know him well? Naturally. You trust him? Implicitly. He's your sole heir, I believe. But you're not implying... I am sorry, monsieur. But the evidence is too strong to ignore. What evidence? This is nonsense you are talking. I wish I could believe it were. Of course. It could be, Emile. It all fits, doesn't it? Only too well. I refuse to accept that. The facts are against you, monsieur. Emile was present when his mother told us of your arrest and escape. It was mentioned that he was your heir, and he went to great pains to assure us he wanted none of your money. Well, he has always been an independent youngster. My belief is determined to have your fortune by hook or by crook, and that's why he informed on you and brought about your arrest. How could he from London? An anonymous letter in the right quarter will work wonders, monsieur. You may even have had a confederate in Paris. But it is all pure conjecture. Your escape was, of course, an unexpected blow to his plans. He guessed as his mother did, who Tony and I were, and he knew we'd try to find you and help you. So he followed us to France. 
Then he must have seen our meeting with Duclos. Exactly. Yes. And with you, Monsieur. He probably even saw us set out for the coast. Guessed our destination would be Dieppe and warned the military to watch out for us en route. Well, this is all very ingenious. The only flaw is that it happens to be quite untrue. But the facts. The facts are, Monsieur, that I have known Emile since he was a baby. And I flatly refuse to believe he would ever do such a thing. Well, that's just maybe. But you're not out of the woods yet, you know. Why, how do you mean? Whoever your enemy may be, he's bound to try again. And I'm taking no more chances with you till we delivered you safe and sound in London. <laughs> enemy patrols were so active in the streets of the up that it was almost dawn before Colbert finally got us away. The wind had faded to a breeze, and it was approaching sunset when we ultimately reached Dover. We took rooms at the fisherman's rest, meaning to travel on to London next morning. I realized that if Michel's enemy was to make a final bid, it would have to be now. So as we left the company in the parlor and went upstairs, I outlined my plan. You want us to change homes, monsieur? But, but why? Let us say I dislike the view from mine. No, 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 no. Really, isn't please. You think there may be an attempt on my life? It's possible. Then why should not I be the one to meet it? I'm probably a little bit more experienced at this sort of thing than you. Even so. Please, monsieur. I may be quite wrong, of course. I hope I am. Merely a precaution. I think you should do as black and fair. Well, if you please. Thank you. To make doubly sure, I'd be glad if you'd lock your door. But, uh, oh, very well. Good night, Monsieur. We meet in the morning. I hope. Alone in Michel's room, I made up a dummy figure in his bed and waited. Part o'clock struck midnight. Then one. Then two. I began to think my fears were grounded. And I dozed off. naked steel, and a dagger sank, and sank again into the dummy on the bed. I flung myself on the attacker. Curly! Break life! I have got him. Him? You mean her? Bucky! Here we go! It was you, Madame Jacques. I hate you, fellow. Then you surpassed me. I hate you all. Make me the knife. She stabbed herself. Get a doctor. Come, monsieur. There's nothing more you can do here. In a moment, Marius Goring returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel.
the Scarlet Symphony. It was later in London, from Emile, that we learned the whole truth. You should never have left her the handling of all that money, Uncle Tano. It was too much for her. But, my dear boy, your mother and I grew up together. We have always trusted her completely. But, you see, over here, she learned to gamble. Gamble? It's the fashion amongst a certain set. She was not a lucky gambler. She lost small sums at first and larger and larger. Your money, Uncle Tano. Till finally she came desperate and, I'm afraid, uh, a little mad. She knew if you were dead, the money would pass to me... And that I resolved not to take it. It would all be hers to do with as she wished. So it was she who had me arrested. <laughs> and all the time I thought it was you. Me? Uh, just as that wrong you can be, doesn't it? My apologies, Emil. Come along, Tony. Are the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring, with music composed and conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Torres. <laughs>